Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 63, which begins with an establishing shot of the farmhouse, and it ends with Jesse asking Max if he wants to join her at the beach. So we come into this minute fading up on just a different day than they arrived. We saw. Oh, you think so? We saw yesterday they kind of drove into the driveway, we had a fade to black, and now we have a fade up from black onto the farmhouse, which kind of tells me... That time has passed. Exactly. Indiscriminate amount of time. But at least an overnight. Exactly. Okay. Some span of time, enough that they've settled in. Yeah. It's like in books where they have the... I'm sure there's a proper name for it, but there's like a little a line of asterisks that they do, like a page break. Mm-hmm. It it tells you that time has passed, a significant amount of time has passed. Yeah, it's like an ellipsis for a paragraph. Yeah. They break it up like that. Yeah, because they don't look like they're still unloading... No, you're right. ...luggage or anything like that. They seem pretty settled in. Yeah. Max is working on the car, Sprog's playing on a blanket, May's off underneath a tree reading. I don't even think we see her until tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think so. But everybody seems to be pretty laid back doing their own thing. True, true. Jesse's out in the yard, gonna go head off somewhere. Yeah. I like that in movie wardrobes, a lot of time... Characters seem to have a never-ending supply of clothes. Mm-hmm. Jesse does not. <laughs> she wears the same thing over and over again. And the the cover-up that she's wearing here is the same cover-up we saw her wearing over by the riverside. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. It feels consistent. It feels like we actually know a real person. Yep. Who doesn't have a closet full that she never has to wear anything more than once. She's got her one suitcase and she's got her favorite overalls and her beach cover up and, you know, it just feels regular. Yeah, same. What are you thinking about? I'm just surprised that she doesn't have random feathers poking out of this this shirt <laughs> like she had with her overalls. Well, that wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> feathers are gross when you get them wet. <laughs> Well, I mean, it depends on what kind of feather. Because if it's a goose or a, a goose or a duck feather, those are like oily enough that the water just rolls right, right they're off. Right, or like waterproof, kind of. Yeah. Plus, she's just setting out on her walk down to the beach and back. You never know what she'll find. Yeah, she has yet to begin gathering random things that she finds on the ground. Yes. Who knows what could be sticking out of that coverall by the time she gets back. <laughs> Too bad she was distracted. I guess so. I, I do find she probably it... like dropped a handful of things. <laughs> well, she did have that like gigantic bag of stuff. Yes. Okay. So maybe all of her collecting is in there. Okay. So when we see her get to the beach later on, she has what? A towel? I don't know. I haven't analyzed it yet. Like that's a really big bag for it just to be a towel. I mean, you pack stuff. You pack the beach bag all the time. Yes, but I'm packing it for more than me. Yeah. I'm packing it for you too, which means two towels. And then there's things, especially when you have a child, you have to pack even more. Mm-hmm. And we see in the next minute when she grabs the umbrella, there's a bucket of sand toys there yeah. as well that she does not grab. 
So I think she's prepared to pack a bag for all three of them. But in this case, she only packed the bag for one. Okay. Do you think that that bag is just her stuff? Because we see later on this she minute that she invite... invites him out. She probably packed that big bag. Well, because... he would have to. He would have to go back to the house and change into swimming things, anyways. I guess. Well, it just seems know. like a big Maybe bag not. for one person. Maybe he's the kind of guy who just strips down to his underwear and jumps in. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do know he has swim trunks. He was wearing them earlier on the river scene, but... Yeah, I don't remember noticing them. Yeah. I think this bag is packed for her. Yeah. Yes. So, like, when you go solo to the beach, you have, like, you pack a big bag? Well, if I'm not at home, if we go on vacation and I have a beach bag that's big enough to take both of us to the beach, and I don't have my entire collection of bags to choose from, I just have the one bag to choose from. I guess. Because it's the one bag I have. I just, I'm thinking in the frame of mind, it's like, it seems like overkill. Like she's taking too much when she doesn't need to. Well, yes, I think it is overkill, but I think it's because she's on vacation and that's what she has. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because it eventually like weighs her down. It's it's too much to, to deal with. So she ends up ditching it. But, you know, I guess if all you have is a certain sort of bag, you use what you have. Yes. For sure. Yes. So as she's crossing the yard, like I said, there is a bit of a a goof that happens. So in this shot that we see her walking across the yard, she's wearing like sandals or something. In the next shot, she's going to go over to Max by the car mm-hmm. and she's going to be wearing boots. Yes. And then as she walks away from the car again, she'll be back in sandals. And when I noticed this, the first thing I said to myself, wait, is she wearing Ugg boots? They do look like Ugg boots. And like the classic boots that we Americans are familiar with. Yes. Yeah. Well, I decided to, you know, look it up and see about this whole Ugg boot thing. Yeah, because I know Ugg and... is an Australian company, but that's really all I know about it. Oh, that's tip of the iceberg. Okay. I, like, I got to the edge of a precipice, and I looked down into a rabbit hole, and I could not see the bottom of it. And I was like, okay, I don't really want to dig too far into this. Because they, they are a momentary shot of boots. Okay, so the style of boot that constitutes an Ugg boot, it's sheepskin, you know, that type of thing. And the history of it goes all the way back to like the 1920s when it was first, you know, seen, you know, sheep shearers and local artisans were making these because they raised sheep. And something about the sheepskin, it worked really well in conjunction with the byproducts of the shearing process. And of course... They were ridiculously comfortable. And so as the decades go on, you see different manufacturing companies popping up to manufacture these style of boots. And so there are different people that claim to be the inventor of the Ugg boot. There are different companies that claim to have been the first to have these Ugg boots. There are major manufacturing companies that are upset at smaller companies because these smaller companies are shipping out of the country like it is just oh wow a barrel of monkeys (laughs) the whole situation oh yeah i had no idea i mean as far as popular culture there was kind of a youth rebellious nature to the idea of wearing ugg boots because at one point they were deemed a restricted article of clothing and so all the rebellious teenagers wanted to wear these because Mm -hmm. they were a symbol of the counterculture and they got really big with surfers in the 1970s and whatnot and so they've been around for a long time yeah and i can 
almost guarantee you that our unofficial cultural liaisons are going to have something to say about this long and storied history because there is so much material on it. I really didn't want to like get too far under the surface to try and understand it all. Yeah, I had no idea. When you told me that you had info on the Ugg boots, but not too much because you didn't want to go down the rabbit hole, I'm like, they're just boots. Yeah, but they're okay. not just boots. They're not just boots. Yeah, we're talking about a product that is like arguably a part of the culture that people are trying, some people are trying to monetize. And when you take something like that and try and monetize and manufacture it on a grand scale, there are people that are going to get upset with you for that. And that's the exact type of thing. Okay. You know. So it sounds like this gaff is because she was wearing them to keep warm in shots where you couldn't see your feet and whoopsie, you could see your feet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, it is a pretty quick viewing of the boots. Yeah, it's not even. Much more we see her in sandals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... So I'm guessing then it wasn't particularly warm on shooting day. Yeah, I'm just wondering like when you have the option of wearing like sandals like she was wearing versus wearing Ugg boots. I mean, I guess which sounds more appealing? Well, I think that depends on temperature. Yeah, because it's obviously warm enough that she can swim in the ocean and then just lay out in the sun to dry off. Do you mean in universe or in... Like in the story. Okay. Yeah, it's obviously warm enough to swim in the ocean mm -hmm. and then lay in the sun, yes. Which, that is, you know, different people like different things. For me, it needs to be like 90 degrees to do that. But some people don't mind it being chillier. Mm -hmm. So I guess if it's that warm out, you would obviously say... Oh, sandals all the way. Yeah. It's just, I look at the terrain that she was aware that she would have to traipse through. Like, she knew she had to go through the woods. Yeah. And these woods are like hilly and whatnot and there's roots and sticks and everything like that everywhere like i yeah like the smart thing would have been to wear a pair of sneakers yeah something with a bit more foot covering that yes. way you don't get stuff caught up underneath your feet yeah but i mean to each their own you know you got to go with what you're comfortable with i guess yep so there's that little snafu <laughs> but eventually she gets up to max who is working on the van and he's got the hood up and he's digging around in the in the engine and whatnot and she asks how it's going max says i'm getting there and then she just kind of gets around to the edge of the the car there and she kind of leans on it and pokes her head up underneath the hood and she says i reckon you ought to connect the doohickey to the gizmo and i'm like okay I understand that she's just trying to be cute, but if the old books have taught me anything, you don't want to connect the doohickey directly to the gizmo, because the gizmo is all the way on the other side of the jingle hopper. What you really want to do is run the output of the doohickey to the whatchamacallit, uh, and then it'll transfer the power through the humdinger into the gizmo. Like, that's what you really want to do. I'm going to trust you on that, because I know nothing about cars. <laughs> I don't even know what the doohickey and the gizmo are. <laughs> <laughs> you are as adorable as jesse well thank you i i find that as i find that very complimentary <laughs> this whole minute jesse oh, is just so freaking adorable it's one of those minutes <laughs> oh where it's kind of like cuteness overload a little bit it's like and why do they just have to be so damn cute if we hadn't already like examined their relationship fairly closely, yeah. this would be a good minute to do it because they're really showing off, you know, how they interact with each other and and how they communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's just it's hard to watch something like this knowing what's coming down the line. Yeah, it is. And it is. Having seen this movie so many times, it kind of taints this scene for it. 
because it is just so saccharine sweet. Yes. And we were watching the the uh, behind-the-scenes commentary. They intended that. They intended even the relaxed scenes where happy things are happening. They intended for us to feel the undercurrent mm. of tension and danger. Yeah. And that's especially true because of what we just saw happen to Jesse with the bikies. Like, something awful was going to happen, and then they got away, and then they show up at the mechanic shop, tr- still trying to find them. It's like, we still know they're out there. Yeah. We they're still just having know there's a danger. moment of respite. Yeah. And it's like, I... And Jesse knows uh, that there's still danger, which we will save talking about that for some future minutes where she's walking through the woods. I think we get into that in minute 65. She knows that there's still danger because she's acting paranoid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, rightly so, but uh, yep. at the same time, it's like you watch this and you're like, oh my God, I love them so much. Yeah. They're too pure for this world. <laughs> I don't want anything bad to happen to them, and it's so heartrending. So I do have a little bit of analyzing their relationship that I okay. that I observed. Yeah, let's take take a step, an emotional step back, and yes. just look at this hard data. And just appreciate them for a few minutes. Okay, good. So we <laughs> talked a few days ago last week about the five love languages and how Jesse's love language is physical touch. And how Max's love language is quality time. Mm -hmm. That's how they feel love and that's how they express love. In this scene, they are offering each other the other one's form of love language. Mm -hmm. Max is offering to touch Jesse and he's being playful about it. Yeah, because his hands are covered in grease. Because his hands are covered in grease. (laughs) And eventually he just touches her nose. And you can see like the the delight on her face the whole time. She's enjoying this. Mm-hmm. She really doesn't want him to get her all greasy, but she's enjoying this nonetheless. Yeah, her cover up is spotless white and Yeah, side note, so is Max's clothes. <laughs> like a, a white, white shirt and like pale, pale tan pants. Like yeah. who works on their car in these kind of clothes? But anyways. And then Jesse invites Max to go down to the beach, which is quality time. Mm-hmm. So they're speaking to each other in the other one's love language. Yeah, which I really appreciate. Yes. And obviously they're not doing it on purpose. They have no concept of the love languages and that framework. They're just behaving that way because they know what each other likes. Yeah. And they know what makes the other person happy or comfortable or feel loved. So they are offering it to each other. I really liked that. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. Yeah. It's good acting on the part of them as far as interpreting their characters and playing them out on screen. Yes. And it's nice to see them interact this way because, okay, in the first scene we see Max and Jesse together, it's the night he gets home. Yeah. And they're sitting on the floor, but he is distant because of... The night, uh, the night rider chase. Yeah, something bad happened to him at work yeah. today. He doesn't want to talk about it. The next morning, she's upset because he has to leave so soon, and so they have that, you know, getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Then after Goose dies, Max is distant because his friend just died. Yes, and so this really is a continuation of like the riverside scenes and the montage of them driving along the water. Like these are the good times. Yes, they are completely carefree. Yes, they have gotten the world out of their way. They don't have to worry about jobs. Mm-hmm. They they don't have to worry about, well, it's really just his job. It stands in between them in various forms. Yeah. And that's gone for right now. And they can really just be themselves. Yeah, and it's clear to me, at least, that Jessie has put the situation at the ice cream shop behind her. Yes. 
Like, she has stepped away from it so that now it's just them. Yes, which is a very good skill to have. It's not gone from her, as we'll see when she's walking through the woods and she's worried, but she's able to push it to the side to the point where she can enjoy the company of Max. Right, which I think is something that Max doesn't really have the ability to do. Yeah, I don't think so much. Because if it was Max that something had happened to at the ice cream shop, he'd still be in a funk about it. I just don't think he can emotionally bounce back as well as, as Jesse can. As fast as Jesse can. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we don't really know how long it's been since the ice cream shop incident. We don't know how long it's been since Goose's death. Mm-hmm. Although Max does seem to be pretty good in his grieving process. Yeah, he seems to... <laughs> have evened out and yeah. <laughs> answered his questions about mortality. And he certainly was able to have a conversation with Jesse about expressing his feelings. I think that brought him a lot of comfort and ease. Oh, absolutely. He seems to be doing pretty good with that. Mm, for sure. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like we see them, like you said a few minutes ago, in, in their pure form. Mm-hmm. With just them loving each other and being how they would be, which is pretty goofy. Yeah. Yeah. They are definitely very playful with each other. Yes. And, I mean, uh, there's the obvious playfulness of him, like, threatening to touch her and get grease all over her clothes and whatnot. But then, even after he boops her on the nose and gets a little grease spot on there, she, like, bites... Oh, she bites his chin! Oh, yeah, she gets a big old mouthful of that chin. Yes! Before they start making out. Yep. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. Like you do. Um, there were a couple times, I don't know if you, like, paid attention to them making out, but there were a couple of times where they just missed each other's mouths. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. It's it seemed a little weird. Yeah, which I think I think maybe speaks to how it's odd to make out with somebody who you don't have. Like, you know, you're just acting. Yeah. It's not like you're making out with somebody new, you know, that you just met at the bar that you're attracted to. At least there's something there. Yeah. When you're making out with an actor and you're supposed to be married and, and you know, desperately in love, it's a hard thing to act. Yeah. I mean, granted, you have been working with this person for however long and you're getting into this role, but at the same time, it's just not it's, the same. Yeah. I thought they did a good job, except for... Missing each other's mouths a couple times. Yeah, they kind of lose <laughs> points for accuracy, for sure. But they, what they, but what they lack in making sure they hit their mark, they make up for in other interactions, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and dimples. Oh, so many dimples. Yeah, like dimple palooza. Yeah, her dimples are pretty amazing. Yeah. So they're kissing and whatnot, and then Jesse kind of pulls back and she says, uh, "May told me about the little beach down by the trees. Do you want to come?" And we don't get to hear Max's reaction until tomorrow just nope. because of the way the, the minutes are cut off. But I kind of felt as she was saying this, like there was kind of a twinge of, you know, inviting him down to the beach, you know, for mommy daddy time. Yes. <laughs> Which is the least sexy way to say it. <laughs> Although marital congress is pretty uh, sterile as well. Yes. So I actually didn't think that no? on my own. But now that you said it, it's like, yeah, of course. I mean, how often do they get to go off on their own? I well, mean, okay. we've talked about that before. Plenty of times they get to go off on their own. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. You know, they are pretty free range when it comes to how Sprague is raised. Yes. I mean, he is off on his own over there on a blanket playing with a ball and stuff like that. Yeah. I think free range is an excellent way to put yeah. their parenting style. Yeah. Well, at least he's just playing with an inflatable ball and he's not 
messing around with, with Max's service revolver anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, toddlers are dangerous. Don't trust them with firearms. <laughs> they will abuse the power. One thing that did catch my attention is Jesse said that May told her about the beach. Mm -hmm. Now, I said yesterday I thought that Jesse may have been raised here. Mm -hmm. Well, if she'd been raised here, May wouldn't have had to tell her about the beach. Yeah. So that kind of erases that theory. Yeah. May's exact relation to the Rokitansky family is never defined right out. She's described on the wiki as just a friend of the family. Okay. And I kind of feel like if she... If this is not where Jesse grew up or is well known, then maybe it's where Max grew up and is well known. You know, it might be more his stomping grounds as opposed to hers. Yes. Cause, I mean, and the familiarity that Ziggy shows towards Jesse is just an extension of the fam familiarity he feels towards Max. Exactly. Max has ma married an outsider and... She was welcomed with open arms into the family that is that community. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or at least that's the feeling I get. I like that because it really does feel like they the people know them. Mm -hmm. But then if Jesse doesn't know about the beach, so maybe it's Max. I like that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, tomorrow we're going to get Max's response and Jesse is going to start walking out to the beach. So that'll be fun. In the meantime, our website is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Mad Max Minute and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Mad Max Minute. And while you're on there, you can jump over to our listener page. Just search for Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 63. We'll see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and leather men Take me to the end of the dream Hold on tight, so it's short